Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Hour number three of our broadcast. Welcome back. I'm Bill Shanks with Chris Hefner. You need to go? You all right? Okay. We are uh, talking sports here at Europe High. Are you going to bring me an ice pack for my... If you can like hot wings, you need to come and get some hot wings here at your pie. They're really good. They're really good. And if you like that sauce, oh, I didn't even use the ranch. Dadgummit. But you the, can, you, we'll let you take that home. Don't don't look at it too longingly, Bill. <laughs> the lemon pepper are delicious. They're my favorite because I'm not a big hot wings guy. But if you like hot wings, you need to come try the uh, special sauce, the Hefner sauce. What are you calling it? It's just a classic buffalo, but we'll call it Hefner's hot sauce or Chris's, Hefner's ki- hot sauce. Chris's killer sauce. I tell you what. Yeah, about killed me. <laughs> I tell you what. You come in here this week, okay, till, till we'll call it to, through, uh, through the next, what's today? Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. I tell you what, for the next 24 hours through the close of business tomorrow, if okay. you come in to either this bass road your pie or the downtown your pie, Tell you tell them you heard about the wings on the Bill Shank show, and I'll give you fifty percent off your order of wings. Oh, about how about that, boys and girls? That's pretty good. I like that. Even you, Don Taylor. I know you're listening out there. Oh wow! Well, here's there breaking you go. News well, they're on really the Bill good. Shank no, there's show. no question. They're really good, and uh, we hope you'll come and get them. Phone lines are open four seven eight six four six ESPN. We're talking Falcons, Hawks, Braves. All right, you, you've heard us. Uh, we've been talking mainly Falcons with you. But you've heard us talking about the Bravos and my uh, euphoria about what's getting ready to happen for the 2024 season. You're going down to spring training hopefully soon. What do you think of what you heard so far from Northport about this team before they get started on Saturday with the games? I love the uh, World Series championship or bust mentality. I'm excited about Chris Sale. I'm excited about some of the the teams. We we added a couple of – a-holes on the team, which I think we kind of needed that edge. Because you've already seen, I'm sure, Philadelphia's trolling us a little bit already. You've seen that? Mm-hmm. That's all right. <laughs> Have you seen that? If not, I'll forward it to you. But, yeah, they're, they've That's got right. – they're already talking about the, the stuff with RC and whatnot, and, and uh, they've got a big picture apparently or a big – a giant mural that's got various things from – Last year's run there at uh, – I'm not sure if it was at their spring training or maybe at, the, at their ballpark. But a lot of chatter going on, Bill, between the Phillies and the Braves already, which I love. I love a good rivalry. Well, you know what? I do too. I think it's great to have a rivalry like that. And I think that if they want to talk, that's fine. At some point, we're going to whip their ass. God, and it would feel so good. That's what was so agonizing about this year, wasn't it? Yeah. Because – we whipped them in their place to, to clinch the NL East, and that felt good. But at the end of the day, all that matters is that best four out of seven series or best three out of five, whatever it, whatever, whatever it is. That's all that matters. And, God, they did it to I us know. again two years in a row. So it does not matter what happens in the regular season no. if in the playoffs we flop. Well, but, but you've got to think at some point that's going to stop. And We had one I, pitcher I'm, last year, I'm right? trying to I mean, make the, the determination number one, and I say this every year. We look ahead, whether it's in football, baseball, or basketball, to well, how is our team going to do in the postseason? You know, how the, we're sitting here talking about it. We want the Falcons to not only have a winning year, we want them to have a winning Super Bowl year. We want the Braves to win the World Series. And, and I want to 
I want to enjoy this baseball season like we did last year. I thought last year was the most enjoyable in a long time. I mean, hell, they won 104 games, right? We had a lot of great games where they were like, man, they beat the crap out of people. I want for us to enjoy that because it's a nightly entertainment. Sure, we're, we're obsessed because of what happened in 2021, what's happened the last two years. Uh, if you get past the first round, get past the Phillies, go to the World Series, let's do this again. There's no question about that. Is there luck involved? To some extent there is. And you know what? That's why I think my the pitching, which I'm always a pitching guy anyway, but that's why the pitching is so exciting to me now is because, all right, if, if the poop hits the fan again in September for whatever reason, if Max gets sick, Max gets a blister, Charlie gets hurt with his finger, whatever the hell could happen, let's have as many options as possible. So – if they do go into a postseason and it hits the fan again, we don't have to go with a Bryce Elder. And God bless him. But, I mean, when when I knew that Bryce Elder was going to have to be on the mound for a start in that series of the Philadelphia Phillies after 10 days before being told you're not even going to be on the roster, I knew we were dead. Yeah. That was, that was going to be a hard thing to overcome. And I'm not putting the whole series on him because we didn't score any damn runs, sure. right? But still, pitching is always the deal. Tyler Matzik is a hero and a legend in Atlanta because of what he did against the Dodgers in that series. No question. Max Freed, he may leave, but he's always going to be a legend because of what happened in game six. There are a lot of great pitching performances. Ian Anderson, uh, they interviewed him today. He's coming along well from his Tommy John. That's great, but he'll always be a legend because for five innings in game three, yep. he no hit him. Listen, if we could go into a series next year against the Phillies and, number one, have home field advantage – Number two, have Freed and Spencer Strider and Chris Sale and Tyler Matzik out of the bullpen and yep. the, all the other additions we've had. If we can just have – I would just like to go play them with a full deck. Absolutely. Absolutely. Full deck. Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. And I know they could hear this conversation and say, well, you guys are being sore losers, but you can't tell us that the last two years we were not impacted by injuries. Of course. But, I mean, and they beat us fair and square. I'm not right. trying to say – and listen, they, they whipped us pretty good the, the year before. I mean, they, they beat us fair and square last year. But two years ago, they just, they just blistered us. But, again, if, if – golly, if Ronald Cooney had just pulled that ball a little That's bit more all, in game man, four. I, I think about that all the time. It was so close. They had given us – the bases loaded. Yep. They had walked the bases loaded. It's like, what more can you do to let the team score when they couldn't score? You walked the bases loaded, and if he had just pulled it just a little bit toward left field, what would have happened? It's incredible to think about. And that's how the you know the old cliche baseball is a game of inches. I mean, you're talking about a very slight change in how he swung the bat, and this is no knock on him by any means. He knocked the crap out of that ball. But if he had pulled that ball, yeah. that ball to pulled, they gone into the second level yeah, in the mi- outfield. A millisecond earlier. But oh my they, gosh! You know, it's if and buts were candy nuts, every day would be Christmas. Absolutely. But I know. hey, it's, it's spring training. It's it's time to flush that man and look forward to twenty twenty four. Well, that's why this pitching is just so exciting for me. I I love it. I I, I mean, I think, of course, I love Max. I, I think Max is. Unbelievable. And Strider. You know my only worry about Strider? Do you think those thighs could explode on the mound? <laughs> my God, have you seen those things? This, this, I mean, it, they look bigger now they do, but than some, they do last year. Are you, are you sure year? you're not looking at some of the memes that they, you know, they blew up some of the 
<laughs> there was a couple of parody things I did on his thighs. I mean, you want to talk about Popeye and the spinach? My God. I mean, he this is ridiculous. a low center of gravity, if you will, doesn't he? So, How do you walk with those things? I don't know. God bless him. I'm glad he's on our side. He's He's oh got that God. a-hole mentality that the Braves, oh, absolutely. The Braves I think, have missed the last couple of years. And so, um, well, most people go to Clemson do because they're so behind everybody else. <sighs> Must what? we always bring it back to I'm just making shots a comment, on Chris. UGA I mean, that's people. all I'm saying. No, I'm just making a comment. No, I, I, I think Spencer, now that he knows he's gone through a full season as a starter, he can be that a-hole. He can be that guy that can stand up. Max, whether we bring him back or not, is always going to be a more soft-spoken, quiet kid, 30, but he's quiet. I could see Spencer being that kind of guy. No question. It's like you got two guys who can be the attitude with Max – I mean, excuse me, with Chris Sell and Spencer Strider. And two quiet guys with Charlie Morton and Max Freed. And, and the uh – the guy's name I can't pronounce. Smith from the, the Mariners, the, uh, the outfielder. Oh, Kalnick. Yes. Yeah. By yeah. all accounts, he's an a hole too. Yeah. So got a little edge to him. Got a little I, edge I like to the him. edge. Yeah. I like the edge. We we've got yeah. a guy. We had you know the Braves chemistry last year. The one of the reasons it was so easy to root for the team is that amazing chemistry. You could tell that they all genuinely loved each other. Yeah. We just needed to mix in a little. Yeah. You know, the crazy uncle. You know, a couple of crazy yeah. uncles in there. Nothing wrong with that. I don't think they had that last year. I don't, I don't think I, we, we that. know that they didn't, right? I don't, I don't think they had. I don't think – I think – and I think another thing is it was so easy for them in the regular season. They rolled through that regular season so easily that they really did not face much adversity. Now, they did with the pitching because obviously it's like, oh, God, what do you mean on September the 25th here we are and – Charlie's middle finger is strained, and Max is still dealing with the blister. And you know, it's unbelievable that we went through that for a second year in a row. But to to still have the mix they have now, Chris Sale is so competitive. And you know, Alex Anthopoulos does not acquire anybody that doesn't pass his test for the makeup. And for him to have that stamp of approval, that that. He wants this type of player in this clubhouse. He wants this type of player in that dugout to be around those starting pitchers. I think it's so critical to this team as well because we know from past history how those starting pitchers can come together and be a a critical part of the team. And you know what? Best-case scenario, we always talk in spring training, I think, about worst-case scenarios in case things kind of fall apart. What if if everything does – Kind of go. Yeah. What if everybody? What if everybody stays healthy and yeah. we go into the playoffs with a full deck? Yeah. What if? What if it's Max Freed and Spencer Strider and Charlie Morton and Chris Sale making twenty-eight starts each? And what if we acquire a guy or two at the deadline, that kind of the same way we did with Jock Peterson and yeah. Jorge? You never Soler. know. You never and know. Just, I'd love to see what this team could do without him mean, because I, <clears throat> I do think that, the, to your point, the, obviously Bobby Cox proved it for 14 years. The regular season is just dramatically different than yeah. the postseason. Oh, yeah. Postseason, yes, it's more of a crapshoot, but you need some of those some of those guys that, that have that edge to them in the postseason. And, we didn't have anybody in that dugout last year in the, in the fourth game who got – who Arcia, when he, when, when he came around talking to Arcia, I would have liked Austin Riley to stop – yeah, uh, Harper at third base and getting his face the way that Brian yeah. McCann did years ago. Right. Just where where we is that? Where we was that fire? Anybody. We didn't have it. Well, and we also didn't have anybody 
that after they had not scored any runs the first three games to say, all right, boys, this has got to stop. This isn't going to work. They're going to beat us again. And, and I'm not saying necessarily destroy the clubhouse, but to have a point of conversation. And, you know, maybe part of that, Chris, is the youth that they have had to where a guy like Austin Riley, again, a very mild-mannered young man, may feel more comfortable moving forward in that role because of his tenure now to have that conversation if need be. Now, I think it is easier for a Chris Sale to come in and to be the a-hole and from the outside and say, I'm going to provide that. But I think in hindsight and not being critical of last year's team, you know, um, okay, Travis Darnot is a, is a leader, I think. I don't know if Travis is the kind to call a team meeting and say, we got to get our head out of the ass and go, go at it. Um, well, he proved that I last year when he was worried about something that was being, I thought we were had the sanctity of the clubhouse instead of just saying, hell yeah, we said it. What's the big deal? We were happy yeah. that, you know, they made a bad play. But you know what? I think that kind of thing is afraid to be said now by people. I don't. I think I think the 1978 New York Yankees. Maybe so, but the Phillies had a bunch of a-holes. Absolutely. Listen, Bryce Harper, I mean, like he's and running around right, the base. But you're right. Look, staring the guys down. And you're right. And, you know, I think that Narcia probably thought he would have gotten gang-tackled and killed if he had done something to Bryce Harper, mainly by the fans. Ma- but Maybe so, but you could have you could have had a few words with him. There's no question. Like, what are you looking at? Son yeah. of a, you know, yeah. I Just mean, have another player. Right. That, that, that third baseman. Right. I mean, and look, things could be taken out of context or whatever. I was right outside the, the clubhouse when they had – that win in game whatever it was. Two? Two about last year? Game two. Game two, yeah. You were there. I was there you? in the stands, yeah. Unbelievable environment in that stadium. My one, God. One, of, one of the best Braves games one I've ever been best. to. Just one of so the much, best. Like, it was electric. Unbelievable environment. Even down there in the tunnel outside the clubhouse, it was electric. Crazy. And that's when, evidently, Arcia said his thing, okay, because Harper was the one that was gotten – uh, call off first base. Who cares? You know, I don't blame the Phillies for doing what they did with it. Of course. That's fine. I would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing. And and it would have been good for someone. And I, I didn't like what Travis said. I thought that that could have been a little bit different. He's, he's not necessarily wrong in that, sure, there is a sanctity of the clubhouse. I don't think I would have – gone in the Phillies clubhouse and heard that and gone run to my computer and reported on that. But that's the way media is today, and especially Philadelphia media more than Atlanta media. That's fine because I saw that guy in the press box the day of, of the, that all happened, and I'm like, who is he? And then he had an MLB, uh, uh, not an MLB, a uh, uh, Baseball Writer Association of American uh, pass on, and I'm like, well, he's obviously he's got a, a pass like that like I do. But there should have been someone in that Braves clubhouse who said, who cares? Yeah. And there wasn't. And, 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 and also point out, like, I'm quite certain the Phillies have said things about us. Right. Celebra- like, they're just celebrating. They're happy. Right. It's not a big deal. You're talking smack, right? It happens. And, you, you, you sh- I mean, they could have said, you don't think we heard that they were excited after Reese Hoskins threw his bat down the year before when right. he hit that home run and pretty much gave him the series? So what's the difference? They, they weren't exactly a bunch of wallflowers during the right. games in Philadelphia right. the previous right. year. Right, but we, but you know what? And, and and I said that about Bryce Elder earlier. I don't mean to try to throw him under the bus, but I'll tell you another thing. When when Harper did come back after that and hit the home run, and Arcia just stood there, I'm like, we're done. 
we're done. We're not going to win this series because not to start a brawl, but at the minimum to, to, to fight try back. To, to fight back maybe, and say maybe not the hell literally, with it. but fight back. Right. Show some fights. Show some fire. Show the so that we're not a bunch of deer in headlights. Right. And the bad thing is, after the fact, we found out that Arcia was giving hell to some of the fans behind the Braves dugout, yeah. which didn't look good either because he can sit there and talk about that ring all he wants, but they beat you the last two years. That's exactly right. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that that makes it a little bit more appealing now to have the kind of personalities on this team that can make it a little bit different. That I mean, Brian McCann's going into the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame on Friday and Saturday here in Macon. Brian was by no means a an a-hole. But Brian, and maybe it was because of the, the, the type of, well, where he played, which is catcher, he did have the personality to where if his team has showed up, he's going to be standing there at home plate and tell Carlos Gomez, you've got to come through me to score, you son of a gun. And, and, and that – that has been, I think, missing on this team. Look, the reason the Atlanta Braves won the World Series in 2021, I've said this many times and I'll say it to the day I die, is Jock Peterson. One player deserves credit for their World Series championship. You can talk about Freddie all you want to. You can talk about all that happened individually. But if not for Jock Peterson being the type of personality that you and I are talking about, which sometimes has to be on a team. And we're not saying we want Charles Manson on the roster. We, we're saying that the kind of personalities that come together to form a roster. The kind of guy that you don't you hate playing against, but you love him when he's on your team. Right. Same kind of like, you know, more most recently here, Travis Kelsey. I cannot stand Who? that guy. Who? Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I cannot stand that guy. But, man, he's a guy you'd be – I'd be behind him all the way if he was on the Falcons. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's yes, he's a yes. Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Fame player, right? but still that attitude that he brings, that confidence, that belief in how he rallies on on behind his guys and defends his guys. Right. That's just we boy, we could have benefited from a guy Absolutely. like that on the team last year. Yeah. Because this is a team with a lot of good kids. You know, there's their kids to me. I'm fifty three point nine, but. Austin Riley, I love Austin Riley. I love Max Free. I mean, I've known him since they were, well, since Max was traded over and since Austin was drafted. You can't find two better young men than those two. Matt Olson seems like, obviously, in the we watched him, an unbelievable young man, right? He's 30 years old now, but an unbelievable young man. Ozzy is as good as you can get. You can't get any better, better than little Oz. Um, Travis Darno. speaking of him, he's a great player. I mean, they've kept him around. He doesn't deserve $8 million probably right now. They've kept him around because he's a great human being to be part of that team, and he's a contributor. I, I, I think you go in the outfield, and Harris obviously has, has fit in very well. You know, a hometown kid who really is, is, uh, seemed like a great kid. Acuna is obviously one of the best talents in the sport, and has an ego and, and knows how good he is, but I don't think he causes trouble. And so that – I don't think he could cause trouble. I think someone, if you're that good, you have to be careful about that, you know, have to be very careful about that. So to have – if Kelnick is going to be that kind of wild card over there in left field, that's good. That's really good. Arcia is not a bad guy. 
RC, what RC did last year? They're just a hot hit. That's all. Right. Got caught up right. in the moment. Right. Use poor judgment. But right. it's an error in judgment, not necessarily an error in character. Right. Two and, different things. And, and you know, the, the the what he said was not necessarily a wrong thing to say. The wrong person hurt him. And I'm reported. quite, I mean, I'm, I'm, you think when you really break it down, far, far worse things are said in, in clubhouses oh across the country every day. But why would day. they not have, have celebrated what the hell that of course. they had and that was, that, that was that was my only point. Like, right. why didn't the, I wish the Braves would have stepped him like, yeah, we were, we were happy. Yeah. That's a big deal. Why yeah. should we be? Bryce Harper is a fabulous player. He's a guy that's a th- been a thorn in our side since the day he came in the league. So, yes, we were happy that we threw him out on first base. We're going to celebrate yeah. every time we get him out. That's right. No matter how we get him out. Right. There's a reason that every time he steps to the plate, he is vociferously booed. It true is How do you spell that? i got to look that up. I can spell it if you ESPN. We are at your pie. By the way, mark your calendars now, Chris Hefner. Georgia's G-Day game is on April 13th. Nah, the only thing i got marked on my calendar is this Saturday's game at the Stegosaurus. Will the gymnastics beat? <laughs> the softball? The NCAA softball? tournament-bound Auburn Tigers are coming to call. And, oh and listen – UGA still has a chance to salvage their season. Don't don't throw in the towel so easily. It's time for G Day. It's time for spring football. When you've lost six games in a row at the basketball court, it's time for spring football. I'm going to remind you that if they go on a run, you can't claim this team this year. If they go I on a run and they, they they make a little, they make I'm a not little. throwing Mike White under the bus either. Like some people are. A lot of people are throwing him under the bus. I'm not doing that because compared to Tom Crane, he's freaking John Wooden. But I mean, my gosh, it's depressing when you go and start 14 and 5 and all of a sudden you and, lose and by. been in front of so many games I know. like Tennessee game know. really was that should have been a dub I know I know all right back with more from your pie here in North Macon right after this Five twenty-six. the time we are at your pie here on Bass Road in North Macon don't forget about the downtown location as well on Poplar Street Hope you'll come by and get some supper tonight here. And, uh, of course, if you're down in downtown, don't forget about your pie for lunch. Also, 478-646-ESPN is the number to call. Georgia baseball is one today over Georgia State 10 to nothing. The 10 run rule, run rule after the seventh inning. Again, that game will be broadcast in its entirety tonight starting at 7 o'clock with Jeff Danzler and David Johnston. We will replay the game from Atlanta. And uh, another win. The dogs are 4-0. and Is uh, Huddy coaching over there for your boys at Auburn? Oh, yeah, he still is, man. That's good. He's a, is he the main pitching coach? He is the pitching coach. He is he the, is, pitching, he's coach. the pitching coach. Okay, I wasn't sure if he would take it on that. No, he's not. It's not, a vol- it's not a volunteer role either. It's, wow. He's employed by Auburn University. How about and, that? But he's, you got to remember, he's from Columbus, oh, and yeah. so that's home to him over oh, there. Yeah. And, and he's um, got a big spread over there. He does. And, you know. You ever Tom, been invited he, over there? I haven't. Shooting? I'm a little disappointed in that. Hey, did you know that Tommy Glavin, his son played for Auburn for a while? I know. I don't know what he, I saw. He, I saw both Tom and Huddy over there at the hotel. It was – and. It was I was surprised. I didn't think that I was gonna like Tom Glavin, but chatted him up for a few minutes, talked all things Auburn and Braves, and I, I really. I, why are you rolling your eyes, Bill? It's a true story. He, I'm he listening to you. He was very engaging. I, I'm, I'm just sure that if you talked all things Auburn and, and the Braves, that probably was a real boring conversation for a while. No, we had a great time actually. Okay. Got a lot of. I got a war eagle out of him. Oh my God. 
First he goes and leaves for the Mets, and then his son plays for Auburn. What the hell are we going to do with number 47? <laughs> oh, my gosh. you got to be kidding me. Hey, uh, switch of gears here on you, Bill. I just sent out, just so people know, anybody listening, I just sent out a little group me app. Um, which is our internal employee thing, let them know that if they come, anybody comes in between now and 9 p.m. tomorrow at either location and says, I heard it on the Bill Shanks show, we're going to give them 50% off their wing order. Awesome. Not the whole order, their wings. The wing order. So Just don't come in here order. with a 14-inch pizza and 15 other things and think you're going to get half off. But six-piece, 10-piece, or I'll even go so far as a 30-piece, okay, which wow. will be $20 off. Just to how get that's that? how confident I am in these wings, Bill. That's good. Confidence and belief in these wings that you if you will try it, you will come back again and again and so again. So if y'all are hungry, come on by. And have have you got my ice pack yet? And have You had the, one wing and God. have the hot hot wings. Then just This come. is embarrassing, Bill. I'm embarrassed. No, Your I'm, mother would be embarrassed I'm kidding. right now. I'm just messing with y'all. You and Eddie giving me hell. I, I, they are hot. If you like hot, I'm trying to say that if you're liking hot wings, come here and get them because they're hot. I, I can honestly say I do, I, do, I do not think they're hot. I think they've got a good flavor. They've got a little heat they to them. They do have a good flavor. A little heat to them. I, you know, okay. I need a bucket of ice. 478-646-ESPN <laughs> is our number. Let's get to the phones. David is in Empire and wants to talk a little bit about the Bravos. Hey, David. Uh, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Nice to hear from you. Nice to hear from you. I, I was going to tell you uh, – I know you, buddy, over there in Hawkinsville at Steakhouse. Lewis? Uh, yeah. Uh, me and him used to play. Uh, we played in tournaments with one of my friends. Oh, he's awesome. I love Lewis. He's a great friend. I, I got to get back to the Steakhouse. That's that's a pretty good restaurant, isn't it? He knows what he's doing over there. Oh, uh, well, you're in a good place with my pie, your pie. I love it. Yeah, it is good, <laughs> really good. I was going to tell you, uh, there's only one thing wrong with uh, the pitchers getting hurt now. What's and that? I'm going to go ahead and say it. They don't pitch them enough. Well, I, I agree, David, and, and the overprotection of pitchers is a industry-wide problem that is absurd to me. Uh, I don't get it. It hasn't kept people from getting hurt. You know, Brian Snicker was here and listening to this conversation, and we were saying, okay, you know, do you think you overprotect pitchers? Let's just leave it to him. I think he would say, well, Bill and David, I've got to be careful about what I do because I've got to get these guys through a six-month season. They almost take an inevitability approach to it of knowing that it could happen at any point in time, and therefore the more I protect them, the better chance I have of, of not having multiple issues. And, you know, I've said many times, David, you know, as people have said over the last week and a half since the Braves have been in camp, well, let's keep Max Fried healthy. Let's keep Chris Sale healthy. Okay. And that's a, no question a very big priority for this team. But also, name me a pitcher in the sport who you can guarantee is going to be healthy all year long. I don't think that's even possible to do, is it? No, it's not. But w- what I'm trying to say is uh... – You've got to get him out there. I mean, you know why he's got a blister? Apparently because he hasn't pitched enough. You know why they're getting hurt? Apparently because uh, they're not letting him throw enough. So I'm, I'm, I'm just old school. I'm sorry. No, and, and I, I understand. Now, now, here's the thing. I will say this. Pitchers do throw a lot. 
They throw in between games. They warm up. They just play toss. What I don't understand, though, David, is why all of a sudden 100 pitches in a game became the where the sirens go off in the dugout of we, where we better get them out of there. I don't get that. I don't either. And I, I, I mean, maybe somebody can tell me why, but I don't know. All I know is you. I remember, well, I'm 69. I'll tell you how old I am. And I've watched it all from the start. If you don't get out there and you don't do it, uh, well, uh, all of a sudden when you do get out there and have to do it, you can't. Yeah. Well, I think what upsets me as much as anything is the limitation on pitchers to go deep in games if they're doing well. Now, I get it. If you're not doing well, you're going to be inked no matter what, right? That's happens since day one of the sport. But if you're doing well and all of a sudden – you're being yanked because, oh, God, he's getting close to 100 pitches. That, that I think, is, is a shame. The, there, and there are some pitchers. Uh, Drew Smiley, who was on the Braves a couple of years ago, is one that comes to my mind, where when Drew Smiley hit the third time through the lineup, his numbers just did not look good compared to the first two times through the lineup. So that's an overreaction of stats. But that doesn't mean that on a particular night, if he's shutting out Philadelphia through six innings, you need to pull him. Right, I think you can be careful if he gets to that point, but you don't just pull him because, well, he's at 100 pitches or 99 or 98. I, I don't get that. I, I, I think the adrenaline that a pitcher has in doing well is, is enough to propel them to get you through another inning, which is only going to help your bullpen. Because when these starting pitchers aren't allowed to throw very deep in games, you know what happens? The bullpens break down, and then you're in big trouble. So it – you know, I complain about it every year, and I'm sure I'll complain about it quickly during the season because there'll be some start that Max or Spencer or somebody's just rolling through everything, and then all of a sudden they're taken out because of their pitch count. And, you know, Brian Snicker will have his reasons, and I know he does, but um, how is that protecting them? I mean, nothing that Spencer – or rather, I'm sorry, that Charlie Morton did last year could have prevented him from having that issue on his finger. You know, it just happened. It was just something that happened. And even, you know, you've mentioned that about Max's his blister. Okay, I mean, yeah, you can throw more to avoid it, but how can you how can you totally avoid that? I mean, they do everything they can on every type of issue that a pitcher has, and sometimes it just happens. Sometimes it just hits the fan. So, that's why you got to have a lot of pitchers, David, to make sure that if they do go down, you'll have other options. I reckon, but it, it's getting very close to having two bullpens. That's what I'm yeah. trying to tell you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. And you know what? The, the Okay, 13-man pitching staff, it's like we're going to obsess over the next couple of weeks about how the Braves are set up for the beginning of the season and how the first 13 pitchers will do to start the year. But we found out last season – when Max, in the sixth inning of opening day, had a hamstring injury. That's going to change awfully quick. I know. Well, I hope, hope to see you at the steakhouse, man. I hope I hope to see you. We'll, we'll be there soon. Thank you so much, okay? Appreciate your call. I was going to tell you, uh, just, just for uh, – I, I played golf, and I had a hole-in-one two weeks ago. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Congratulations. How many have you had in your life? I've had four now. That's great. How often do you play, David? 
I try to play, now that I'm retired, I try to play two or three weeks, two or three days a week. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you. That's a good stress reliever to get out there, isn't it? Uh, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's great. Well, David, we look forward to you calling back again, okay? I will, and I'll see you at the steakhouse. Okay, I'll see you there. Thank you so much. 478-646-ESPN. Uh, Stephen on Twitter asked, do you know or have a list of all the people who will be signing at the Hall of Fame on Saturday? I do not yet. I have asked them for that list, David, and I hope to get it uh, sometime here in the next day uh, to, to uh, put it on the show. I think they're still finalizing that list. So I, as soon as I get it, I will promote it here on the show for sure. The Fan Fest will be at 1 o'clock, and we hope if you're in the Make It area, you'll come. Of course, Brian McCann's going in this year, Thomas Davis, Chris Carpenter. Uh, we've got a great group, Sharif Abdul-Rahim's going in this year, so it should be a great event on Friday and Saturday. And, of course, we'll be at the Hall of Fame on Friday afternoon and hope to talk to Mr. McCann and Claude Felton as well. should be a great night both Friday and Saturday in Macon for the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. CPJ going in, Coach Paul Johnson. i got to get him on the show. He loves me so much. Uh, we'll talk uh, hopefully with him on Friday, so we look forward to that. should be uh, a great weekend here with the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame in downtown Bacon. All right, our phone lines are open, 478-646-ESPN. We're here at Your Pie on Bass Road in Macon. Come get a pizza and some wings and uh, have a good dinner. You'll enjoy it here at Your Pie. And, again, 50% off on your wing order if you come in and say you heard it on the Bill Shank Show. Yes, sir. Between now and close of business tomorrow night, which is 9 p.m. So come in for lunch or dinner tomorrow at either location. Tell them you heard about the wings on the Bill Shank Show. I'm going to give you 50% off your wings. Awesome. Significant savings here, Bill. Yes, that's great. I know that's you're. That's awfully kind of you. I know you're. For an shall Auburn we, guy. I know you're. I'm, God, we begin with the. I'm, I'm you just throw gonna, everything I'm, about Georgia up to me. You it. throw everything up to me about Georgia it and guy. Continue talking. Okay, go I ahead. I know you're. Shall we say careful with your money bill? This is an offer that you can wrap your arms around, right? Did some uh, savings here. Wow, that was good. I like that. <laughs> Very <laughs> sentimental, right there. Sentimental crap. All right, back with more from your pie in Macon, right after this. The great Don Henley, the boys of summer. Back on the broadcast, Bill and Chris here from Your Pie in Macon, Georgia, North Macon. Bass Road, what exit is that? 170. 1625 Bass Road, the North Macon Shopping Plaza, Bill. Well, what, what, what exit is that? 174? Exit 172. 172 here in Macon off of I 75. Right Come. across the street from the Bass Pro Shop. Yes, absolutely, and uh, we hope you'll come to Europe High, also downtown Macon. The phone lines are open if you want to join in on the show. Uh, Washington tight end coach Nick Sheridan has been named Alabama's offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, and Washington wide receiver Jamarcus Shepard named the same position at Bama as a co-offensive coordinator. What's the Auburn take on the new situation over there in Alabama? Are, are y'all like celebrating and rolling trees with toilet paper every no, night because know, he's I, gone? Some of the barners are. I'm not one of those really? guys. Are a lot I, of people I, just going crazy about it? Yeah, I mean, everybody's and it's not. I mean, I see it. I see it in Georgia. I see it from Auburn people, kind of celebrating what they believe is the, the demise of the Alabama football program, and certainly it may be. I mean, I've lived through 
the glory years of Mike DuBose and Mike Shula back when uh, Tuberville won five in a row when he was at Auburn in the Iron Bowl. So I'm not saying we couldn't go back to these days, but I just think, especially in the day and age of the NIL, Alabama will figure it out. If they don't have – if he, if DeBoer turns out not to be the guy in a couple of years, they'll get rid of him. I think yeah. he is the guy. I just think it's growing pains. But we'll see. I, I just – Today's pig is tomorrow's bacon. I've always felt that way, so I never get too happy like about that. someone else struggling. I like, ba- I like bacon on my pizza here at your Maybe we can make you some bacon-flavored wings. Would that suit your little tummy better, Bill? As long what? as it wasn't hot. I got some ice in my tea, and I never do that, but I got burned here in, in, uh, in your pie. We'll make you some ranch you wings You know what the thing the is, though? You're right, because even though he's gone, I'm not going to name him, even though he's gone, the infrastructure is still in place to where you would have to be really damn bad to screw this up immediately. Over time, could it deteriorate where it's just simply not what it has been? Certainly. But the infrastructure and the concern and the passion of the fan base is there to where it's going to be. You have every resource available to absolutely. you. And, and you they, know their they, NIL has got to be at the top of the list. 1,000%. And, yes, they may struggle here and there. They may even struggle for two or three years if DeBoer turns out not to be the guy. But they will keep going back to the well, and they'll figure it out. And just just be careful because yeah. it's going to sting I, all I, the more. Yeah. If, <laughs> I know. I think you have to be careful. I'm glad he's gone, but I think you have to be careful not to write their obituary. Georgia up now 15 to nothing. I thought they were going to stop the game. Georgia up 15 to nothing, I guess. You know, Georgia State often, wanted to keep on. Worry, you know all these updates about Georgia baseball, but you don't want to talk about basketball. No. Basketball no. is a much bigger sport than college no, baseball. No, it's bill. not yes, because it we've yes, lost six is. in a row. We've lost six in a row. I have no desire to well, really I, discuss you know that. Chuck Dowdle, Chuck Dowdle would be very disappointed in you right now. <laughs> there goes my life. <laughs> there goes my life. Let me sit down. <laughs> all right, let's get to a phone call. Paul in Macon wants to talk about the Atlanta Braves. Hello, Paul. Yeah, um, so excited about the year and just tagging on to the conversation about uh, pitching and pitchers just don't pitch as much as they used to, get injured a lot more. Uh, also, pitchers just throw a whole lot faster and a whole lot better. You know, think of the players we grew up watching, Mailer and Camp and those guys, mm-hmm. they would not make it into A anymore. I mean, the right. game is so much further along. These kids at seven, eight years old go get their first lesson. There's guys here in making a couple ex pros. At eight years old, you can get a guy a lesson. You teach them the science of pitching, start at age eight, and then they get they get trained to throw as hard as they can. And you don't, throwing hard and throwing accurately can be one and the same. It takes great technique to throw accurate. It takes great technique to throw hard. And the science of pitching is taught at eight years old. It used to be. Some of these pros around here teaching this stuff now, they didn't learn the science of pitching until they were about 20. Um, and it's just a completely different game. We have we have guys in the minor leagues throwing 99 miles an hour that can't make the show. Uh, there was no one in the Braves organization. Rick Wallers uh, threw 97. He was our closer. <laughs> we got guys 99 miles an hour in the minors can't make the show. Um, it's just a completely different game, and they're trained to do it. They're trained for velo uh, and stuff and spin, all that stuff. All that stuff leads to injuries, but mainly velo leads to injuries. Um, and you can't make it to the show without the stuff, you know. People say, oh, right. well, what about And, and it's not only velocity, but you said it about the spin rate. And, and the mindset that young pitchers have to be in to reach those numbers. I, I, I've seen guys in the minor leagues that 
stand on the mound and turn around and look at their velocity. I'm trying to think of who the pitcher was at spring training either last year or the year before last. Well, I wasn't there the year before last. It had to be last year. Who was the pitcher at spring training who, for the Braves, was on the mound and kept on turning around and looking at his velocity? And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. He was so – and I don't think it was A.J. Smith-Shawler because he was only on there for a handful of games. But anyway, you're right. It is a different game. I still think even with the reliance on velocity and and the level of how you have to throw your breaking pitches on a consistent basis, uh, there is still an overprotection of pitchers. And, you know, I, I, I still think – I remember having a conversation. I've mentioned this several times, Paul. I had a conversation with Derek Patello, who was a Braves Minor League pitching coach several years back. He he since got uh, out of out of the game, but he was a former pitcher of the Cubs and Phillies in the big leagues. And I thought he was a great pitching coach. He was actually Snickers' last pitching coach in AAA before he got the big league job. But I like Derek a, a great deal. And he and I were talking one spring training about different things. And he said, you know, uh, the the 200 innings. Uh, of being kind of the norm for the starting pitcher, that's going to go down, and obviously it has. And, 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 you know, one thing he said was, I don't think these teams want these pitchers to pitch longer in games as starters because they're going to have to pay them more. And and that was a philosophy and a thought process he had, which was interesting. Uh, Of course, pitchers are elite pitchers like Garrett Cole and what we assume Max Fried will get are still getting unbelievable contracts as starting pitchers. But you do have to kind of wonder, well, what's the point if we're going to limit them to five and a half, six innings of paying them that much money, especially if the if the chance is there they're going to get hurt. But still, I I think if there was a study that the overprotection of pitchers has resulted in a decrease in injuries, I might feel different about it. But let me tell you, it's February 20th. It's only a matter of time, Paul, before at some point from either Florida or Arizona we hear about the first injury that's going to knock someone out for the year because of Tommy John surgery. It happens every spring. I pray to God it's not at Northport, Florida, and it's not the Braves, but you know it's coming. And, you know, is that was that pitcher who's going to have that overprotected or underprotected, or was he just destined to get it because he throws hard? But I, the correlation between overprotecting the pitchers, bringing them out at 100 pitches, even if they're shutting someone out, or, or, or not letting them – or being worried that if you do let them go 33 starts, they're not going to have anything left in the tank in October. How in the heck are they ever going to build up to where they can get to that point? It's my my point. Probably there is probably an element where they they should just use their eyes. This old snicker eyes, which I'm sure are amazing at spotting. Hey, this guy's effective. I'm leaving him in here, regardless of what the book says. There's probably should be more of that. Um, but I don't think we're going to get away from the injuries uh, because no. we can't get to the show without the velo. And what I started to say about Greg Maddox, well, people say, well, he only threw 91 and 89 miles an hour, but he could spin the ball like nobody's yep. business. And he would still make it. He would be the exception to the rule. No, Rick Mailer right. at 89 is not making it to the show. It's just no, not going to happen. No, God bless him. There's no way you're right. He and Rick Camp would be uh, stuck in Richmond. No question. Paul, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, and the game is different. There's no question. And I complain for someone who loves baseball and loves pitching, I complain about it a lot too much because I do think that it's easy for me to say, and I've joked before about pitch them until they bleed. I mean, I, there's not many occasions where I watch a game and say, 
he should have taken him out. I'm probably going to lean on keeping him in there nine times out of ten. Now, I mean, I think if you can see that this guy just simply does not have it, it it's easy to see that. Sometimes you have to leave a guy in who doesn't have it just to not kill your bullpen. But if you, what burns me up more than anything, I think, is the scenario I was, I was talking about earlier. All right, let's say Max Free goes six innings. He's at 97 pitches through six innings, which is too high. And pitchers need to learn, and they need to learn this in the minor leagues, but they can't learn it because they're even on tighter restrictions in the minor leagues. That if they go, they need to learn how to not do so many pitches. They need to pitch to contact, not try to strike everybody out. I was around a great conversation one time with the late, great Bruce Del Canton when he was trying to tell some of his young pitchers, I know strikeouts are sexy, they're great, you think they may get you millions of dollars, but they'll also get you taken out of games earlier. And I saw young pitchers out there in the crowd in the, in the seats that were doing the math, hmm, you know, maybe he's right about this. But when you have a Max Freed go six innings and he's at 97 pitches, and, oh, God, we're going to take him out even though he's shutting the Phillies out because he's at 97. I can't stand that. Burns me up. Drives me crazy. All right, let's say the game's one and nothing. So you're going to bring in a reliever no matter how good your bullpen is and, and probably have a reliever for seven, inning seven, inning eight, and inning nine. Three pitchers. Remember how we used to joke about Freddie Gonzalez? We would say, all right, whatever, whatever inning the starting pitcher comes out, subtract that from nine, and that's how many relief pitchers you're going to have. I think Sicker's a little bit better than that, but why not go ahead and use Max Fried or whoever it may be for another inning, even if he goes to 110 or 115, because he's doing well. And, of course, if it's a one-run lead and he shows signs of, of wearing down or if he walks a batter to start the inning with four pitches, then you take him out. You have someone ready, there's no question. But you don't just yank him simply because he's had 97 pitches when he's been shutting them out. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And, of course, the manager is going to say, hey, i got to make sure this pitcher in May can make it through June, July, August, and September. And I get it. And, look, it's not my job. Managers do not want to lose their job over a bunch of pitchers getting hurt, and they worry about that. Don't They, they don't. They do. They worry about that. So I complain about it a lot. Pitchers need to be left in games, and they need to just keep on going. I agree completely. All right, we're at your pie here on Bass Road in Macon. Come get the oven-fired wings. They will blow you away. If you like hot wings, they'll you'll. They're love not them. that hot, Bill. They're 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 classic buffalo. They have a lot of flavor. Actually, I would describe them as actually having a lot of flavor, zesty, right. a little bit a little Fine. bit of heat. But if you like hot wings, I'm oh, trying yeah. to tell people. And if you come in the next 24 hours, 27 Whatever. hours until nine o'clock, until close business tomorrow, we're going to give you 50 percent off your wing order if you say I heard about the wings on the Bill Shank show. And then remind. Chris Hefner, how many games George has won over Auburn in the last 18 years? You're listening to The Bill Shanks Show.